I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Jets fans, it's all good. And uh, I, I, as usual, am Alexander Chester, and with me, my co-host Akiva Wienaker. Akiva, you are a Jets fan, is that correct? Yeah, so I'm like a host and a guest today. Indeed, but we decided that one Jets fan is not enough. Two Jets fans is not enough. We have three Jets fans here. Uh, so we have the J, the E, and the T, which I guess makes me the S. Uh, so please welcome to the podcast, Av Sinensky and Harold Rosengarten. Av, how are you doing this evening? I am doing wonderfully. How are you? I am good. Harold, what about yourself? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. I know that the three of you are also Mets fans, and uh, the Mets game is currently uh, in, in the uh, final inning, so hopefully you guys won't be too distracted uh, as we try and discuss your second love, the New York football Jets, today. So, you know, Av and Harold... Well, I actually want to know, is the, are the Jets uh, both of your second loves? Yes, uh, yeah, Mets, I think that's right. Number two. Yeah, so so we, we rate it, number one, the Mets, and, number and two, your, the your Jets. kids are three, yeah, right? Yeah, number three, your wife and kids. Is that the order? No, number three yeah, is like, Arsenal, and then my wife. <laughs> I like the Spurs <laughs> also, my my wife and the kids are ahead of Arsenal for me. <laughs> what about Tottenham? Oh, you said you like all, the Spurs all, game. All no, soccer, but I haven't seen it, Tony. All yeah, soccer comes after wife and kids. All right, so we're, I'm going to throw it out to all three of you. Uh, as we said, uh, Akiva and I actually, I being the non-Jets fan, and this might this might be uh, uh, typical for Jets fans, I ranked the Jets higher in my power rankings than Akiva, the Jets fan, did this year. But our collective ranking is 24, which is not bad considering this is a team coming off a 4-12 and 12 record and a team that still has a very big hole at quarterback. So right off the bat, I'll, I'll throw it out to all three of you. How do you feel about a 24 ranking going into the season? Do you think that's fair? Do you think that's too optimistic? Do you think that's too pessimistic? Well, so we know for sure that Akiva ranked them 32, so we could infer from that that Chester ranked them around middle of the middle of the league because there's nobody in America who hates the Jets more than Akiva Lineker does. <laughs> yeah, but surprisingly, I mean, yeah, I, you actually had them 24, Akiva, and I had them 23, so it was pretty close. Oh, that is pretty close. That's a yeah, that's very close. I guess that's literally as close as can be without being the same. <laughs> All right, so 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 Akiva, you uh, you obviously feel that the 24 ranking is fair because that's what you gave them. Av Harold, how do you feel about it? I personally think it's a little low, but I'm the I guess strange Jet fan that is optimistic in general. I think they'll probably at least be middle of the pack. I'm thinking eight and eight, nine and seven, something like that, notwithstanding their problem at quarterback. Okay, so tell us, um, what's the source of that optimism? I think their defense is going to be really good. I mean, and you only, you know, if you don't give up any points, you don't have to score all that many points. So I think they're going to be in a lot of low-scoring games where hopefully uh, they can grind out some wins. That's what I think. Nah, what about you? I agree with Harold's analysis that if you don't give up any points, it's very easy to win. 
Um, I would say that the 24 ranking I would see as their, I would say as their floor. I can't really see them being worse than they were last year. I think they've improved the team tremendously. Even just, even with Geno Smith, they've added a lot of weapons. They've slightly solidified the offensive line. And I think the, the secondary will obviously be a, be a vast improvement. Um, and even though I was always particularly a fan of Rex Ryan, I think it was probably time to move on and that a more, let's say, down-to-earth, business-like approach will probably benefit the entire team, especially a young quarterback. All right, so let's turn to that young quarterback. But before we do, as a non-Jets fan, I wanted to ask you guys a quick question. Ikemefuna and Ampali, I obviously never heard of him until he decided to punch Gino in the face. Was he a guy that Jets fans had heard of before that? I mean, he was a guy that was, like, kind of on the radar, radar as a guy who, you know, had people thought had some potential, would probably have a good chance of making the team, maybe contribute. But I don't think that he was seen as a guy who was going to be a starter or a, a central part of the team in any way. Yeah, there were some positive articles about him, but he certainly didn't have a 100% chance of making the team. But, you know, he was a sixth-round draft pick last year, so draft picks usually have a little bit more leeway, although we had about five draft picks last season to get cut, so he's one of the only guys left. And then, uh, and then again, we'll get, we'll get to the Jets quarterback situation in a second, but did Rex sign him because he knew him in New York last year and liked him, or is he just trolling the Jets at this point? I think he's I, a legitimate I, prospect, Noav. I mean, I, I think that he's a guy that people think – is very talented, and I think probably uh, a guy who's like more of a project guy. So it's certainly possible that Rex Ryan liked what he saw last year. But I, I think the fact that it's trolling the Jets a little bit is probably gives Rex a little more motivation to make that sort of move. But again, Rex Ryan has always been a type of guy that he has his guys and he likes to stick with his guys. And if he can pick up a guy for, off the street for free that he saw some potential in last year, I think he's he's not going to pass that up. All right, so now let's turn to the Jets quarterback situation. It's interesting that I think many people – and I know I certainly, the first joke that I made on Twitter about it was, wow, Adam Polly's not going to be the Jets MVP this year because he got Fitzpatrick into the lineup instead of Geno. And a lot of people just sort of assumed, well, this is actually better. I know that, that Akiva and I have been ranking our quarterbacks for the entire league, and we both moved the Jets up when, when Geno got punched. And Fitzpatrick certainly had good numbers last year, but it's a little misleading. He had a game with 358 yards and six touchdowns against the awful Tennessee Titans. You take that one game away last year, and he was not very good. I mean, he had more turnovers than he had touchdowns, and, you know, his rating was very poor. So it's sort of buoyed by one great game, and he has one of those every year. The year before, he had a game with 400 yards and four touchdowns against Arizona. This is when he was on Tennessee. And other than that, he only had one game with 300 yards and, and no games with more than two touchdowns. You know, the year before when he was on Buffalo, I'm looking at his game log and the same thing. So Fitzpatrick seems to have one dominant game a year where against a crap team usually where he really boosts his numbers. And we know we saw Gino do that last year also. He had a couple good games down the stretch. So do you think the Jets are actually better with Fitzpatrick at quarterback than Gino? I would say that I think if you, I would think it as their ceiling is a little bit lower, but their floor is a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. So if that makes sense, um, no, that I does. think that I think Fitzpatrick is like he's extremely mediocre. You know exactly what you're getting. He'll go out there. He'll probably put out a, a pretty mediocre game every week. He'll probably keep you in the game, make a few plays here and there, give you a chance to win. 
he's he's less prone to the type of blow-ups that Gino's going to have where he just he totally loses the game for you and you have no chance in the first quarter you're out of it but he's not a young quarterback who's shown some flashes of potential the way Gino is who in theory could turn into something I mean was that likely going to happen with Gino? No, but I, I mean, I as a fan, I would have rather have taken our chances with Gino and hoped that he could have put it together, even though it was probably a long shot. With Fitzpatrick, we're probably looking at a, a ceiling of eight, maybe nine wins if everything goes perfect. But I think they're less likely to go two and fourteen with Fitzpatrick than they would with Gino because he'll be competent probably for most of the season. And when Gino's back in shape. Will he become the quarterback, or with the new regime in place, will it be Fitzpatrick until Fitzpatrick struggles? In other words, is it now Fitzpatrick's job, essentially? I don't think I would go so far as to say it's Fitzpatrick's job to lose. I think certainly if he plays great and the team is 4-1 and one when Gino's ready to come back, it would be really hard-pressed uh, to make a move there. But I think if he's kind of middling, the Jets are 2-2, two and two, somewhere in that range, he's played one good game, one bad game, with the rest of the average. I think I think it's I think it's Gino's job to lose based on Fitz, how Fitzpatrick plays. I don't know again again that's kind of backwards, but I think unless Fitzpatrick really plays really well, Gino's going to be given another shot cuz I mean he's still the young guy, he's still the guy that I think they want to hope wins the job and takes the job and, and goes somewhere. But again, if if, the, if Fitzpatrick plays great, the Jets get off to a great start, I think that then he'll stay the quarterback. But I don't really see that happening either. I think by week six, week seven, Geno Smith will be have the opportunity to be the Jets starting quarterback again. You know, we'll get to the schedule later, but they have a bye in week five. And I, I think that two and two is reasonable for those first four games, but, but there's no way they're going to be better than that. They have to go at Indianapolis. They play the, the Eagles. They play Miami. So will Gino be healthy after the bye? It sounds like they're saying, what's it? I think they say six to ten weeks. So I think on the early side, that's around week three. On the late side, that's around week seven. So okay. it sounds to me like the bye week is around around the time. Well, I'm a, I'm a Mets fan, so you always add a month to whatever they say the guy's going to be I'm back. I'm a Twins fan, so you add three months. There you go. Um, but, I mean, so it's, it sounds like around the bye week is roughly when they would think. So, yeah, I mean, for what you're saying, yeah, it seems, sounds like there's a pretty good chance the Jets will probably be 2-2, two 1-3, two, and three, somewhere in that range. I don't think that that's going to prevent them from giving Gino a chance. Uh, Akiva and Harold, I, I take it from your silence that you're in complete concurrence with Av. Uh Yeah, I mean, listen, they're not going to be 4-0. Oh. Uh, they're probably not going to be 0-4, so... And then, so then Gino, Gino will come back and get the job, you know, let's say uh, against Washington after the bye, uh, or maybe at New England the next week. That wouldn't be as good for him. But, but then their schedule really gets easier. They, go, they play Oakland, they play Jacksonville, you know, so he has a chance to sort of show up. And, and how long will his leash be? Or if he struggles, will they say after two or three weeks, you know what, we're going back to Fitzpatrick. You know, we'll take what we can get and try and grind out a 9-7 and seven season. Uh, they, very well, they very well might. I mean, uh, one, of, one of the complications is now – because, like, the Geno trial period, if you want to call it, or the probation period is going to happen later in the season, if he really shits the bed, if, like, we all think is a possibility, by then now it might be too late to really salvage the season because now it's week 9 or week 10 instead of week 3 or week 4. So by then it might be too late. The other thing that really worries me as a Jets fan is that this will, for some reason, be seen by management as, like, a season that didn't count because, like, if he misses <laughs> six or seven games and then, like, he has three bad games and three good games. They'll be like, well, you know, he still has potential. We'll see. Let's give him another shot next year. And now it'll just be like, it'll be like Sanchez all over again, where each year, like, he shows, like, a little bit to give you some hope that maybe he'll turn a corner. And I, I really think, as a fan, this year needs to be it. Like, if he doesn't really make significant progress, it's really time to move on. 
because like we it's just how often do you see a guy that all of a sudden year four year five puts it together like it's just not that common if even by now it's really not that common you really usually see it in the first couple of years if a guy's really going to be a good quarterback so for me i want this to be his last chance and i'm worried that they're going to say well you know he was coming off the injury and he missed six games and what, what could you really expect coming into a new offense and we're going to give him one more shot next year. It'll be another wasted year. Well, but they have a new GM and a new coach, so why would those guys have a reason to say that unless they legitimately felt that you know that he could get better the next year? And, and then I guess the other question always is, what do you do with quarterback? How do you get better? Because either you're at the very top of the draft, and you know I, I think I don't think you guys think, and, and we'll find out later, but I don't think you guys think these Jets are going to go four and twelve or worse again this year. So if they're not at the top of the draft then what do you really do at quarterback? You could bring in another retread, a guy like Fitzpatrick or Matt Castle or Josh McCown, those kind of guys, But or you sort of get hope you get lucky later in the draft, whether it's with a, a Russell Wilson or, or, or you know a Colin Kaepernick, a Teddy Bridgewater, but those aren't really plans. Those are things that sort of fall into your lap. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, they're in a tough spot. They're kind of in no man's land when it comes to that. Um, I mean, I, I've said for years now that if I was running a, a, an NFL team, I would draft a quarterback every single year until I had one, if not two, because... Yeah, agreed. I was thinking, if you don't get the first round pick, you, there's probably a lot of equity in picking like a second and third round QB. Yeah, because like, why not? Like, you're not going to be good anyway unless you have a good quarterback. And we've seen over the years, it's not like automatic that only the good quarterbacks come in the first round. I mean, the Jets could have, when they picked Geno Smith, they could have picked Russell Wilson instead. Not that it was the same year, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, yeah. it's to an extent, it's a crapshoot. Did the Seahawks know what they were getting? No, they had no idea. If they knew what they were getting, they would have picked them in the first round. Bottom line is this is going to be a season for the Jets where where people really have no idea what to expect from the quarterback, who it's going to be. You guys wouldn't be surprised, basically, to see Geno or Fitzpatrick end up starting a majority of the games, right? Nothing would surprise me. Bryce Petty could play four games. We, wouldn't, right. we wouldn't be shocked. All right, so that having been said, then what about some of the other talent positions? I know that they uh, they got rid of that petulant wide receiver, Percy Harvin, and they replaced him with petulant yeah. wide receiver, Brandon Marshall. <laughs> But I think Brandon Marshall is a better wide receiver, so we could take the petulance for uh, Brandon Marshall. I don't think you take the petulance for Percy Harvin. Let him go to Buffalo. And I think more importantly and more, whether he's better or not, he's more of a conventional wide receiver. And I think that will definitely be something that this team needed. They don't, they didn't need any more of these trick plays at the goal line and all sorts of gadget stuff that offensive team was putting in. I think playing more straight up and they've surrounded their quarterback, whoever that will end up being this year, with enough weapons that at this point, if he can't be even a mediocre quarterback, I, th- I mean, there's probably already no doubt that he doesn't have a long-term future in the NFL, but that would really seal his fate. If he can't get it done with this group around him, not, not that they're the best wide receiving core in the league, but there's a lot of competence on the offensive side of the ball this year. Right, this well, is the most confident the Jets wide receivers have been since Geno's been there, in my opinion. I think it's the most confident they've been since Vinny Testaverde has been there. It's possibly true, yeah. All right, and what about in the backfield? They let uh, CJ1K go. They replaced him with uh, Stephen Ridley. CJ, CJ Hefk or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, I was going to say, yeah, CJ600. Um, they replaced him with Stephen Ridley, who couldn't hold on to the ball in New England, and Zach Stacy, who uh, had about you know eight or nine good games at the end of the 2013 season for the Rams. Everybody drafted him early in 2014 fantasy. And then he uh, continued to be Zach Stacy. So what's what's happening in the backfield? Is it more of Chris Ivory? I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, I think Chris Ivory is the best running back. He's not a type of guy where you want him as an every down back, but I think uh, he's a, I think he's a pretty solid back. I th- still think they're missing a a home run threat, which they thought they were going to get with Chris Johnson. Maybe uh, someone like Daryl Richardson could step in and maybe be that guy. But you know, Ridley is not that guy, and Zach Stacy certainly isn't that guy. So. 
they are missing that element a little bit. But other than that, I think they do have a nice amount of depth in the in the running back position. Yeah, running back, Ivory's actually one of the more underrated players. I think, you know, fantasy-wise, he doesn't get a ton of touches. People don't like him. But the stats nerds love him. He breaks as many tackles as almost any running back in the league. So the, the, Ivory's the least of our problems. And, you know, I, the issue with Ivory is he can't really catch. But we don't have a quarterback who can throw, so it's a moot point. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, I'll say this about the Jets definitely don't have a star in the backfield, but I've heard of every single one of these guys. Ivory Powell, Stacy, Darrell Richards, Steve Ridley, these are all guys that, that are, you know, real running backs. So Yeah, the Jets have like the most down. players in the league that people have heard of. If it goes by that, I think we're gonna be doing very well this year. <laughs> That's that might be true. Is there anyone a tight end that we've heard of? Uh, Jason Morrow was a second-round pick a few years back, but he's their third tight end according to the depth chart that was uh, released today. So yeah, I think that's that, a, I, I think that's a this is a trick play. This depth chart they're trying to trick the opponents into thinking Amaro is not that good. He was pretty good last year, no? Yeah, he I was fine. He was I okay. think he must have done something bad in in camper or like behind the scenes because it's we or maybe he had a bunch of drops in practice and we don't realize like when when the media wasn't there because Cumberland is bad. Cumberland Cumberland is like, very uh, bad. Yeah, yeah. Repl- bad. He's like replacement level. Like he, if he's your third string, you're looking to improve. If he's your starter, you know that's a big issue. As he's been for the last several years. Yeah, as he's been for the entire Obama administration since since Johnny Mitchell. All right, and what about up front? This is an offensive line. If we're going by the, the standard of people we've heard of, we've all heard of DeBrickashaw Ferguson, if only because of his first name. Uh, we've all heard of Nick Mangold, if only because of his uh, Olympic champion uh, sister. Uh, who else? No, no, she came in eleventh, buddy. I covered weightlifting it for in the Olympics. She did not win. All right, so so she's the uh, the shame of the family. I apologize. But, yes. uh, but, yeah, who else does this team have on the offensive line to protect Gino or Fitzpatrick or whoever it is they have behind center? Give him a chance to uh, to o- overthrow Brandon Marshall. Uh, that's a problem. I think the offensive line is going to be a problem. I think yeah, that's I mean, actually the biggest problem on the, the offense right now. Well, I would say it's the second biggest problem, but. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers would do quite fine with this team. The offensive line, I mean, Jets fans can certainly be under no illusions that we still have the offensive line that we did a few years ago, even though some of the names are the same. Ferguson is just no longer the same player. He's clearly lost a step. I wouldn't be surprised if this is his last year as the Jets' starting left tackle, given his age, his contract situation. I don't know if he's the type of guy that can move to the right side. I'm not I'm not an offensive line expert. Uh, Robert Mays probably has a lot to say about that. The guard positions are really have been a problem for going on three, four years now, and they haven't really done much to address it. Mangold is still a, a bet, just about as good as he gets at the center position. So he really does help out and make up for a lot of the weaknesses to his left and to his right. But this is not a great offensive line. It's probably a middle-of-the-road, if not worse, offensive line at this point. You know, Evan Mathis is just sitting there, and every day I hope I see the Jets sign him. I know he's going to be a lot, but I think he would actually really improve the line. He's a very good guard, but I don't know if they have the money for it. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I think it would really help a lot. Pro Football Focus had him in, like, 70th overall in the league in terms of, like, top 100 players. So, you know, Yeah, but he's better than Willie Cologne and... No, no, 70th in the overall. So, yeah, he's better than than almost every guard. Yeah. Oh, as yeah, a, Willie a, Cologne was 70th amongst guards. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the that's what I thought you were saying. <laughs> you know, they threw a lot of money at some really mediocre players, and that's really my biggest gripe with the offseason. It's better than doing nothing, which is what John Idzik does. It's, de- it's definitely much better. But a guy like James Carpenter, who a lot of people think was a below-average player last year, is getting paid to be, you know, like a pretty good starter at left guard. Okay. And Willie Cologne should be on SNY at this point. Like, he has no business being in. <laughs> 
Yeah, can we get back Damien Woody? <laughs> Damien Woody. Brandon, we take Brandon Moore. I think he would be an upgrade over most of these guys. Fanica. All right, let's go back to Gino for one second. We've made a lot of jokes, but uh, if we can put on our, our serious hats for a second. Let's assume for the moment that he comes back from the broken jaw and he's healthy and he's back at the starting position by week five or six or something like that at the latest. Is this a year where you see development? Or does he permanently lose the job to Fitzpatrick, which effectively means the team has to go back to the drawing board next offseason because Fitzpatrick is clearly not the long-term solution here? Well, one of those, it's, it's going to be either one of those two. There's, I don't, I think this is, no, no, I'm meaning like, I think this is his last chance. I don't think, I mean, this is now a regime, a regime that has nothing to do with him. They didn't draft him. They have no loyalty to him. And I think that if he doesn't show substantial improvement, then he's, he's going to be gone. I just don't think that they're going to have a long leash with this guy. Uh, if he keeps turning the ball over, making, Terrible decisions. I mean, he as he does seem like he's a guy that shows flashes of talent every now and then. I mean, if you if you look at what he did the last four or five games of each of his first two seasons, like when he puts it all together, he can play. It just doesn't seem to happen often enough to be successful. Also, it usually happens when the games don't mean anything. It's always the last four or five games of the season when the Jets are are well out of it. So maybe he well, can play a little bit better when the games make a difference at this point. Yeah. Well, I would say that. If you can play in the league, you can play in the league. So I don't, I don't think whether the game matters or not is particularly important. If he, if he played like that in 80% of that consistently, then we wouldn't even be having this conversation. We'd be saying the Jets don't have an elite quarterback, but they have uh, Alex Smith or Andy Dalton or someone who can get the job done. But unfortunately, it's, those games are once in a while instead of consistently, and you just can't go out and play other teams that have consistent quarterback play and expect to beat them. Well, this is my question. If we go back to the beginning of the Rex Ryan era, you had Mark Sanchez, who was a very mediocre quarterback at best, uh, but the Jets were good enough around him that they went to the AFC Championship twice. Jets fans seemed to love him uh, in, in spite of his performance on the field, uh, focusing more on, on the wins and losses. Do you think this Jets team could do something similar, or, or, or do you think that right now Gino isn't even at the level of mediocrity that Mark Sanchez presented? Oh, I also think it's a little different because Sanchez had a much better offensive line, they had a better running yeah. game. Yeah. Everything yeah, they have five roller, pro bowlers on offensive line, Alex. Uh, right. I think Gino Smith is going to have to really improve to get to a level where the Jets can do some real damage. But at the same time, I don't think he has to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. As, as Av said before, if he's Andy Dalton... That kind of level, Alex Smith, game manager type thing, I think, you know, they have a very solid chance at the playoffs. If Alex Smith was the quarterback of this team, would they make the playoffs this year? Yes. I think, they, I yeah, think, I think so, they'd yes. be right there. All right. So let's turn to the defense now. Uh, and before we get into the defense, we'll, we'll start at the top. This is a team that, that fired Rex Ryan, a, a defensive-minded coach. They brought in Todd Balls, another defensive-minded coach. Um, a local boy made good. I think he's from Elizabeth, New Jersey. And now, now he's the head coach of the Jets. He, he, he really turned around that Arizona defense the last couple of years as coordinator. But the Jets, the problem doesn't seem to be on defense. So, so what do you, first of all, what do you guys think of the hiring of uh, Todd Balls as the new coach? Um, I'm, personally, I'm, I was a big fan of it. I, I don't particularly get that worked up on whether they got an offensive coach or a defensive coach. I think that you hire the guy that you think is the best overall for the job. And not that I have any amazing insight into that because, you know, how, how much can we know about who's, what defensive coordinator that's never been a head coach before can do a great job. But everything you hear about him is that he's a real professional guy that really 
expects performance from his players or else he, he lets them have it. You know, it's, 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 you hear all the things that you want to hear about a guy who's going to make sure that everyone does their job. And that's really what I, I mean, think I, his job is. Same thing as, uh, I mean, who knows what he's going to be defensive, offensive. I don't really care. What I was actually more concerned about was, uh, his hiring of his offensive coordinator. I mean, Chan Gilly has some success as an offensive coordinator, but he's the type of guy that just, sort of scares me in general. I don't think he's the guy to necessarily take Geno Smith to the next level or do anything with the offense. And if Bowles is really as defensive-minded as everyone thinks he is, doesn't really know all that much about the offense, I think that might be a problem going forward. I would, I would actually oh, sorry, extend man. that, Alex, to the, uh, the whole coaching staff, what Harold is saying. I, I don't think he really had a lot of impressive hires. You know, Rex took everyone with him because Rex is a very loyal guy. Who wouldn't want to work for Rex? He doesn't run a tight ship. He lets you do your own thing. If you're on offense, he doesn't even know the names of your players. It's fine. <laughs> um, but it, the, I, really, you look at every coach, and they, he kind of hired all retreads, which it's not just bad that maybe they're not good coaches. It's that he couldn't – a lot of times, like, coordinators who have, like, great personalities or people really like, people want to come with them, and people are, like, reaching out and coming for these jobs. And, I mean, there were a lot of open jobs this year, so it was a little tricky. You know, there was a, you know, the, the Falcons and all these teams were kind of fighting, and obviously the Bills for the same players. But he looked up and down who they hired, and, you know, the defensive coordinator is basically just a friend of his, and I imagine Bowles will be handling the defense unless this guy really proves to be extremely competent. But almost everybody is basically taking a step up, like from assistant, you know, guy who hands out the programs at the stadium is now like the wide receiver and things like that. So <laughs> I'm a little, not just because maybe they're not good coaches, but, like what it says about bowls. Like the, the last guy I can remember who really couldn't track coaches because he had a bad job with personal relationships with Mike was uh, Mike Munchak of the Titans, and that did not go well. So I'm a little nervous about that. So now let's turn to the defense, and let's start in the backfield. It's funny because the Jets have been seen as a team with a good defensive backfield for so long that they were so bad last year. I, I don't think that you know the casual fan realized how bad they were. And they addressed that about as well as you can. They brought in not only Daryl Rivas, who, if not the best, is in the conversation for the best or second best defensive back in the game, but they also brought back Cromartie, who struggled last time he was on the Jets, but in Arizona last year, in the Todd Bowles defense, he was really, really good. Well, yeah, I mean, their secondary obviously got a lot, a lot better. You bring in Rivas, probably the best cornerback can leave. Cromartie had a nice season last year. They got Buster Skern. Screeny, I don't even know how to pronounce the guy's name. From uh, I think it's Cleveland. Screen. I he's think their it's third. Screen. He's their yeah. third defensive back. Doom Milner got hurt, but he's a first-round pick. He has a little bit of pedigree. And then in the safety position, they got Marcus Gilchrist, and they have uh, their se- their first-round pick from last year, Calvin Pryor. So I think they do. They did a great job in terms of the defensive backs. And you also have to remember, and I know we'll get to it, but this is the first time that Revis on the Jets has played with a pass rush, really. So it should be interesting to see how Rivas and Cromartie can really excel with that pass rush they have up front. So let's talk about the pass rush then. They have, uh, I think Sheldon Richardson is suspended, right, to start the season. He'll be suspended at least for probably more. I'd be happy to see him. I mean, listen, who of us has driven at 140 miles an hour with marijuana in the car? So, I mean, and I would say and with, no harm. And, and with a 12-year-old in the back and with a gun. I, I mean, I've, so I, I say, I say no harm, no foul. I'm doing that right now, actually. It, it's certainly worse to deflate balls in the AFC Championship game. Obviously, no, that's, much, that much worse. goes without saying. Much worse. Besides for Sheldon Richardson, they still have Muhammad Wilkerson. They still have uh, Damian Harrison. They have uh, their first-round pick from this year, Leonard Williams, who everyone thought was the best player in the draft. The Jets somehow got him at number six. So their defensive line... Even though Richard's not going to be there for 
who knows how long, you know, there's still what to be excited about. Yeah, and it, it really goes to show that all the people who, and they were, and they were few and far between, but all the people who criticized the Jets for taking Leonard Williams because he didn't fill a need, as they say, um, it just really goes to show, you know, you never know what your need is going to be in the NFL that that could change from season to season, if not week to week, you know, with injuries and suspensions and players just falling off a cliff because of the ridiculous nature of this sport. Um, you take the best available player, especially in the first round. And, you know, now they need Leonard Williams because Sheldon Richardson is going to be out for a while. So I, I love the pick at the time, and I love it even more now that it's it's come to pass that that's a guy that they do need. It's just a, it's just a shame there's so many cliffs in uh, northern New Jersey, I guess, for these guys to be falling off of. Yeah. What, um, we've, we, all the guys you mentioned are pretty much up the middle, though. Who's the, who's the edge rusher for this team? So that's been their problem for a while, even, you know, under Rex. But uh, so far in camp, actually, their third-round pick, Lorenzo Maldlin, uh, from what I'm reading, I have not been at camp, believe it or not. You know, from everything I've been reading, he seems to be doing a nice job in camp. And, you know, they did draft him as an outside linebacker to maybe get some pressure off the edge. You know, everyone has been talking about Quinton Copel's year after year after year. Uh, and this gets sacks under Rex Ryan and he never really did. I think that ship has sailed with uh, Quinton Copel. I think he could be a solid defensive player, but I don't think he's going to be the guy who gets, you know, double-digit sacks. And, you know, Calvin Pace is getting a little long in the tooth. I don't think he's going to be the double-digit sack guy. So they either have to, you know, sort of get those sacks and that pressure by committee, or maybe a guy like uh, Maudlin uh, does come on and uh, do a nice job for them this year. And rounding out the defense, let's talk about the linebackers. Uh, they, they gave a lot of money to David Harris this offseason. Akiba, was that a good move? No, I think Harris, uh, he was below average last year according to Pro Football Focus. They gave him a ridiculous amount of money, I think like $21 million over three years. I, there's definitely no other team in the league that would have come close to that. I know he probably brings leadership to a uh, somewhat young defense. It's not even a young defense, actually, a really old defense. But I, uh, the, I just don't see it. Like, they could have gotten him for, you know, one year, $5 million. Slow middle linebackers, and anybody who watched, you know, even the playoff game uh, that they beat the Patriots, uh, which was now, I think, seven years ago, everyone saw Algie Crumpler run down David Harris, you know, running in for a touchdown from about 70 yards out. So this guy is, came into the league slow, now basically can't move. I don't really understand that move. And I think just in general, like they, you know, you would talk about screen, like Marcus Gilchrist, they paid a ton of money as a safety. I feel like one of the stories this year early is going to be, like we spent all this money on guys who are, you know, basically replaceable or league average at best. So two, two things I'll say about that. First of all, a lot of those contracts that they give out big money to are – basically deals that where the Jets can cut the guy after the first year. Um, I know Cromartie is for sure that way. I believe Gilchrist is that way. And um, I think Screen or Screen is also. Um, I believe that Revis is the only guy they signed this past offseason that has guaranteed money past the first year. So I, I view it as they got a, a decent number of guys with potential and upside, and if it doesn't work out, they can cut them loose without giving up too much. So I didn't really have a problem with most of those. And in terms of Harris, um, not not to defend it, but I wonder if that's the type of signing where when you have a new coach and a new GM coming in with a team that a lot of the guys are holdovers from the previous regime and coaching staff, whether they felt the need to keep a guy who's been there for a long time could kind of bridge the gap. Not, not that that's necessarily a great idea, but I wonder if that's the sort of thing you have to do sometimes when you're in a situation like that. 
I bet that was their logic, but I do think you could have got him for a good one-year contract also. All right, so we're going to turn to the schedule now. I Wait, what about, what, about, what about special teams? We don't want to talk a lot about special teams? Sure. Uh, let's talk about the Jets special teams. They have a kicker and a punter, and they also have players returning yeah, to punts from other teams. Is that correct? Two, diff- two different guys. We don't use the same guy for both. Ah, okay. That's an interesting strategy. Well, you, if we're not <laughs> yeah, going yeah. to enter Purdue, there's no reason for this conversation to even happen. <laughs> Probably one of the top 30 long snappers in the league. <laughs> I haven't ranked. Uh, let me check. They had, a, they had a chance of losing him this this offseason. All right, so now now let's turn to the schedule. Before we do that, Akiva mentioned at the top that this was a bad four and twelve last year. Um, you know, this was a team that was two and eleven before they got two garbage wins at the end of the year that that really only hurt them in terms of seeding for the draft. And so, I guess my question is: Did you think that this was a four and twelve team? Was this a team that, that still outperformed or at least performed up to their talent level and Rex Ryan still did a decent job and he just had to go because, you know, when you lose that much, you just have to go? Or was it a team that had tuned out Rex Ryan and probably could have or should have been better than 4-12? and I don't think it should have been better than 4-12. and I think they weren't a great team last year. They didn't have a quarterback and their defense wasn't as good as in years past. So they were going to have a tough time getting wins last year. That being said, I've said before, you know, I think it was, I, you know, I also was a huge Rex Ryan supporter and fan, uh, but at the same time, I do think it was it was just time to move on. I don't know if they tuned him out. It's, Rex Ryan seems to me like a coach where people are going to run through a wall for him no matter what, but at the same time, I just think his, you know, his ship has sailed, so to speak. He, he, he His time in New York had really run its course. All right, so now you got a new coach. You have a uh, an improved defense, an offense that... You know, at least brought in Brandon Marshall, albeit on the wrong side of 30. But let's let's go through the schedule and see what you guys think. The way we'll do it, since we have three Jets fans, is we'll have simple majority rules. So if if two or three of you think it's a win, it'll be a win. If if otherwise, it'll be a loss. So the season will Uh, start. Do you want to form a a loss alliance here? You know, I seem to have this reputation, but I, I really resent being locked in with Akiva on, on to this <laughs> I've heard that many times at many different and, uh, and, and is nowhere near I, as negative. I will also take the position that I think the Jets were better than a four-win team last year, and they were worse than an eight-win team the year before. They won a lot of close games two years ago, and they lost a, a lot of close games last year. Um, early on, they lost that game to the Packers that they should have won with that aborted touchdown on the uh, accidental timeout. They lost a game to the Bears on Monday Night Football where they dominated them. You know, I mean, obviously every team can go through their schedule and make excuses like that, but I think I'm looking at your schedule from last year right now. I think they yeah, lost they had like seven, seven losses, one score, and they lost the Patriots by one and by two. Yeah, so, you know, I mean,. Uh, I think the, the, the previous year they had a couple wins that, that really went their way. There was that bullshit, like, field goal penalty on the Patriots that nobody knew the rule. And I think that it went, it went the other way a little bit this year. I think they were probably about a six-win team both years, and it luck sometimes evens out like that. All right, so let's turn to the schedule this year. You start at home against the Cleveland Browns, another team struggling at the quarterback position. I mean, I I'll think that's a win. If we can't win that, then this is going to get ugly fast. Right, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think they're going to win. I, I think that – did the Cleveland guy predict uh, that they were going to beat the Jets? I don't remember. Yeah, the way Probably. this works is that every team at the bottom just assumes that they're beating every other team at the bottom, which is why every team at the bottom thinks they're going 9-7 and seven this year. So, yeah. Um, but um, all right, so We're going to give it a win, but I, I, I mean, the Browns, like their QB situation is worse than ours. Let's, it's probably the only team you could say that about. Maybe Buffalo, I guess. Yeah, you're on record as saying that you would prefer Geno to Johnny Manziel. So. Oh, no, I think everyone would. You guys would, right? Yeah, I would rather 100%. go to a party with Johnny Menzel. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I think I'm going to agree with that I'd as well. Ra- I'd rather go with Sheldon Richardson. <laughs> yeah, party, and then you have some fun. I don't, know, I don't like to party. Yeah. No, I'd rather oh, drive Gordon, to a party with Gordon Sheldon Richardson. All right. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. You get there fast. All right. We, we two, uh, the, the talent level of the competition steps up just a bit on Monday Night Football at Indianapolis. Do we get yeah, to play footballs or no? I don't know. It didn't, didn't seem to uh, affect the Patriots in the second half. Right. So we're going to do that too, and then we'll beat them by a lot. Okay. No, we're going to lose. We'll lose to the Colts. By yeah, I, th- I think they'll lose by to the Colts as yeah, well. many points. All right. One and one back home. Against the Philadelphia Eagles. Who's their quarterback? Is Sam Bradford going to be the their quarterback? The interestingly enough, have never beaten the Eagles. Ever? Never. Ever? What? They're only like 0-7. 0-9. 0-9. Oh, Eagles. They've See, never beaten the Eagles in their history. I think there's a second team we haven't beaten, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's, that's, that's I mean, for a I, franchise that's been around for 50 years, that's incredible to me. I think it's only the Eagles. I'll double check, but I really think it's only the Eagles. Right. I think we had never lost to Minnesota till this year, maybe, or at least for like 40 years until last year when we lost in overtime. Ooh. There you go, Chester. Suck it. Did not yeah. like to hear that. <laughs> at home against the Eagles, they've never done it. Are they going to do it this time? Probably not. I think this is the year. I think this is the year. I do. Right. I'm going to say yes. I'm not buying the Eagles stuff. I don't know why people are buying it. Like, they lost a lot of good players. There's some re- weird, like, uh, chemistry going on with, like, all the black players, which is, like, a majority of the team – think the coach is a huge racist. It's pretty strange. There was an article about that uh, more recently where, where the players basically said, he's not a racist. He's just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I mean, they're relying on Sam Bradford. I don't know. It, it seems like uh, a recipe for uh, mediocrity. Well, I have but. to assume by week three, Bradford will be injured. So. Yeah, that's true. Hopefully, hopefully it could be uh, Mark Sanchez in there, and then I really like our chances. All right. So oh, actually, I, I feel like he'd play out of his mind that game. I feel like he'd be really good. All right, so the Jets finished last season two and one. They start this season two and one. So coming off a two and one start, the Jets will get on their planes. Their Jets, in fact. All right, I'm gonna try that again because that's terrible. Yeah, that well, how, will the, how will the Dolphins get there? They'll swim. They'll swim on dolphins. That'll be great. Wait, right. How are the Redskins getting to the next game? Let's try again. Let's try to keep this together. All right. Do that in. Okay, so the uh, the Jets off a hot two and one start. Will uh will board their jets to London while their opponents, the Miami Dolphins, will uh will go by sea and take quite quite a longer time to get there. But once they get to London, who's winning that game in week four? Boy. <laughs> I yeah, the Do- I think the Dolphins will probably win that game. I think the Dol- I actually think the Dolphins are going to be a very good team this year. Uh, I actually really like their quarterback. He, I think he gets a bad rap, but I think he's a really good player. Uh, I like their defense a lot. They have some good wide receivers that they've added. Um, I think the the Dolphins will probably take that one in front of the home crowd. Yeah, we can't, we can't stop Sue and Wake, and I feel like a lot of teams... Oh, yeah, I forgot about Sue. I did that analysis, yeah. forgetting that That's they had... Be, they're really a nightmare matchup, honestly. Like, teams are really going to have them penciled, if people still use pencil, like, on the schedule, and, and be like, oh, man, we don't want to play Miami that week. All right, so the, Dolphin, so the Dolphins is a loss, two and two, but we're in agreement that when it comes to cross-Atlantic transportation, Jets would be better than the Dolphins, is that correct? No question. All right. Yeah, Jets, Jets are 1-0. Be... Uh... All right, well, so, so now you have the bye week, and... Uh, even if you're flying Amelia Earhart's plane, you'll have time to get back home week six against the Washington football team. What happens there? Two and two. I like the Jets' chance against the Redskins. Uh, they, the who? Wait, who knows that? what RG thinks? The Washington professional football team. Uh, who knows uh, what RG thinks is going to be like? I mean, I don't know much about the Redskins, but they weren't good last year, and I don't have any reason to think they're going to be better this year. So I actually like the Jets' chances here. Yeah, I'll give them a win, too. All right. Yeah, two. Washington's, Washington sucks shit. We'll kick their ass. All right. 
Strong and we don't, you know, we don't have adult content tag on our podcast. Yeah, so but if know. we're saying Redskins, oh, but yeah, Harold said Redskins. Yeah, before. that's true. <laughs> I, I did. I did. <laughs> we'll beep up Redskins. We'll, we'll keep in the shits and the fucks. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, now you're three and two. You're going on the road to New England, as you said last year. Those were neck and neck. Those games and, and the New England with uh, without Brady, the first four weeks might also be around three and two at this point. What happens in week seven? They lose to New England. That's what happens. There's, I, they're, they're not going to beat the Patriots. They might play them close, but they're not going to beat the Patriots. I mean, I think the Patriots are going to be in FU mode the whole whole season with all this deflategate. I'm, I'm actually kind of scared to see how badly they're going to beat the Jets. But, you know, I think they'll lose. No, you know, I can, I can disagree with Harold because I think the Jets are very good at losing close games to the Patriots. So they, I think that's what will happen. They always seem to play them close, but they never win. But, yeah, I so. think at Brady still, it's only going to be a second game back, right? Um, yeah, I think they'll lose a close game, and then later that day, uh, Familia will uh, give up a grand slam to Josh Donaldson and will lose like game two of the World Series. If, yeah, if the Mets are playing that day, Yeah, I'll sign I'll for that right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll sign for right now. I'll sign for a losing game two of the World Series. Maybe we won We're game some one. like horrible player on the Royals <laughs> that nobody's heard of before. So three and three. You, you lose a you lose a tough one to New England. By the way, this whole thing about FU mode, I've never bought into that. There's only 16 games a year. Yeah, I, players can't try hard for 16. Like, well, I wasn't going to try hard, but now that some people suspended my quarterback, now I'm going to try hard. Like, I don't really understand that. Yeah, we really we really want to win this year. I don't think it's a matter of trying hard. I mean, I think it's a matter of calling off the dogs. I think if the Patriots are Winning by 10 points, they're going to go all the way to the end. Oh, no, I agree, with, to... I agree with you about that. But I don't think the issue with the Patriots-Jets games last year was that the Patriots called off the dogs, right? I mean, they, they just barely won no. because they struggled. That's last year. That's correct. That's yeah. true. All right, so 3-3, three and three, another road game. This one a tad easier against the Oakland Raiders. Why do the Jets always play in Oakland? Really That's what play. I want to ask. They, they really played there like play 15 out of like the last 16 years. It's crazy. I'm going to say a loss for that game. Yeah, I, I could see a loss there. I think the Raiders will be, be a little bit better. They're starting to put together somewhat of a defense. Uh, Carr looks like he might be able to play a little bit. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Jets lose there. Harold, you can disagree, but you've already been outvoted. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I think they're going to be Harold, Raiders, your vote's irrelevant. Mean, my vote is irrelevant, but I think they can beat the Raiders. I think Carr is good, but I think there's going to have trouble with, with Revis and Cromartie. They have Amari Cooper now, but I still think they're going to have a lot of trouble scoring points against the Raiders, and I think the Jets will be able to score a few points against the Raiders and win that game. And I appreciate the effort by Harold. It's a three-game series, and you were swept in two, but you went to the stadium in the third game and took batting practice anyway. <laughs> so good job there. Now you're home, three and four, and if you're going to make the playoffs this year, it's pretty much a must-win game against Jacksonville. Yeah, that seems like the, the Jets will get that one done. They'll, uh, they'll they'll play their A game. Gino won't turn the ball over. The defense will shut down Jacksonville, who has no good players, and they'll win. Yeah, that, they'll win that game, uh, twenty-one to six. Yeah, they should they should they should beat Jacksonville. Even though the Jets all time have a losing record against Jacksonville, somehow I don't know. Why do you know that? But... <laughs> I'm loving all these stats. Harold really prepared. You know, he could be making it up. No one would ever know. <laughs> They're four and six all time against Jacksonville, but. I do think they're going to beat the Jaguars because the Jaguars are, are pretty pathetic as a franchise. I don't know what they're doing in general, and the Jets maybe are not a model franchise, but they should beat the Jaguars. All right, so Listen, got... we beat the Jaguars when it count when it counted on uh, January fourteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, I don't want to talk about that off season, that postseason. Four and four, home game against Buffalo. This is another game that's, that's really a must win if, if if this is a season where they're going to contend for the playoffs. And this is on this is a short week. This is after, this is a Thursday night game. Yeah, the Rex and it's a, Ryan. It's just, 
as a season ticket holder, I'll say that I always resent. The Jets always seem to get these, like, weird, quirky things in their schedule where they're playing two home games in four days. What's that about? That's bullshit. What kind of reaction will Rex Ryan get from the fans in that game? I think I he'll get a warm hope reception. A warm I, think one, but I, like I think he'll get a warm reception. Yeah. I, 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 I think, like, I think... he would in a vacuum, but he's going to say something really stupid that's going to be on, like, the cover of the post for five days in a row, and he's going to get booed. Yeah, that's probably right. That's Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. Well, especially if, if, he t- if he takes the bills to uh, Dave and Buster's, you know, they're out in the Jets' lot. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> There's a nice get into a Times fight Square, with a Jets so. fan in a parking lot on Friday night before the game. He might not even be there. He might be well, Friday, Friday night would be after the game since it's on Thursday night. Oh. Oh. Kiva <laughs> <laughs> doesn't know the day, order of the days of the week. <laughs> All right, so what's happening Thursday night? Win, loss, tie. I think the Jets think will improve. I think the Jets will improve their uh, all-time record against the Bills uh, to fifty-eight and fifty-two, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they'll, they'll take the, they'll take the win, win the back-to-back home games. The yeah. Bills destroyed us. There's, first of all, there's there's right. Also, there's no way the Jets have a winning record against the Bills. Yeah, I made that up. Yeah, we don't. And 30, <laughs> they beat us thirty-eight to three, and then the forty-three twenty-three was not nearly that close. That was the game where. Gino threw, I think, like seven uh, interceptions in the first uh, seven. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. Was that the one like, where Mike Vick openly said that he wasn't planning to play? Yeah, and then Vick wasn't ready to play, and, like, it just got worse and worse. I mean, the fact they only lost that game by 20 is indicative of why the Bills are so bad. They could have lost that game by 70. To yeah, Spe- speaking of Vick, I've never seen a player in my life of watching sports that was less interested in playing sports than Mike Vick was last year. <laughs> I feel it like he's an his agent like calls him up. Is like, "Hey, uh, Cleveland wants you to come in for a tryout," and he's like, not answering his phone. Like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, he's he's totally uninterested. He, I've never seen someone so fast from what the time like third down incomplete happened, be on the sideline with his helmet off. Like he was just like, "Oh, I'm all, he was like he was on the bench before the ball landed." I think they're gonna. I think they're actually gonna beat the Bills that night because I'm scared about the uh, Jets offensive line, but I think the Bills offensive line is really in, in, in tatters, and I think the Jets defense is really gonna run all over. EJ Manuel or whoever their quarterback is going to be at, at that point, I think it's I think going it's to be, be a game Tyra Tyler, Taylor. It, it could be, and I think the Jets are going to have a defensive score in that game and win that game like ten to three in classic Rex Ryan fashion. All right, so now now you're five and four, and Buffalo's a big win. So you guys have mentioned the fact that Geno is going to be on a real short leash under a new regime, but at this point in the season, if they're five and four and in the playoff race. Does that mean that Gino's holding on to the job? I mean, I, I, I don't think the record is going to be the sole indicator. Um, if he's playing so-so and they're probably still going to be around, I think if they're 2-6 and six and he's shitting the bed, then, then he's going to be done. Yeah. You, with Gino, it's not subtle when Gino's bad also, if you watch the Jets. If he throws a pick six on a screen pass on the second day of the play of the game, it's probably going to be a bad game. Yeah, you you, you know cut your losses then. So, so I, he's kind of like Eli Manning in that way because when Eli's bad, Eli's bad. Yeah, right, I, I, I can't like I can't Eli wait for I can't wait for Giants fans to listen to this podcast. <laughs> he's exactly like Eli Manning. Um, you know, it, we might need the hot take drop here, but, but warning, hot take approaching. I've always I, I can't stand Eli Manning. I think he's the most in the conversation. Oh, he's a most, horrible. He's one of the most no. players of all time. And since I, I, don't know, know. Since I don't know if you know, you cannot spell elite without Eli. That's so he's true. obviously an excellent quarterback. Look, we're, we're on a Jets <laughs> podcast. So, you know, the most overrated football player in NFL history was, was the New York Jets quarterback. But uh, but Eli's in the conversation for the same reason, which is you win a Super Bowl in New York. Uh, and, and sh- shots fired at Chad Pennington. 
but you know, you know, everyone, everyone's all excited about this guy, uh, Beckham over there. Tell me, I think he's very talented, but you know, not a winner as far as I'm concerned. When, when does he ever want a big game? That's true. That's true. All right. So, um, but realistically, the Jets aren't winning the division. If they're making the playoffs, it's a wild card. So the next week at Houston on 10 days rest, that's also a huge game. What happens when they go to Houston? Uh, J.J. Watt will have about eight sacks. Arian Foster will be back by then, possibly. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't worry me. Yeah, the, that's that's a tough game. The, the Texans also, I think, are a little bit better than the record has shown the last couple of years. Um, I, I, I think it would be hard for the Jets to win that game. Ryan Would you guys rather Ryan Mallett over Geno Smith? Uh, yeah. Really? I'd, I'd rather have Geno. Uh, yeah? I'd rather have Geno, too. Yeah. Fine, I'll, I'll take Geno. I mean, Mallett's probably Kester, bad. Kester we haven't seen how bad he is like we've seen how Geno <laughs> is. Well, that's, yeah, it's more the unknown. Is it, is it, who's playing there? Is it Brian Hoyer? Is it Ryan Mallett? Who knows? Who cares? Talk no. about it on the Texans podcast. They, they let Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah. go, and this might be a chance for Fitzpatrick to get revenge. It could uh, yeah, be. I'm sure that's exactly. Be. That's gonna be, you know, Fitzpatrick comes home. Wait till we play Yale. <laughs> All right. So, is that a loss? Is that the consensus here? Yeah, I think they're gonna lose that game. Yes, I agree. Yeah, loss. All right, five and five. Come back home. Another big game against the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I think that's gonna be another loss. Again, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty high on the Dolphins. I think they're a good team. I think that they're better than the Jets. I think they'll beat them. Can't beat them in England. Can't beat them in America. I think they're going to win this game. I'm not as high on the Dolphins. I think a lot of people like Ryan Tannehill, but what has he really done, to be perfectly honest? He's never been on a winning he team. Threw, he threw like 27 touchdowns and 12 picks last year. Oh, yeah, he's good at throwing the football. He's good at throwing the 6% of his passes. That's all fine and dandy, but what did the Dolphins do last year? Well, they won well, so good. Right. They, they won twice as many games as the Jets is what they did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they oh, added one of the best games. players in the NFL. All right, and they and they drafted that really good receiver. I think they're going to be a good team. All right, so the, the, yeah, the I have a lot. I'm going to break the tie with a five. Lot. The vote is one and one. All right, they lose. So now they're five and six, and now they got a tough road game. They got to travel all the way to New York uh, to play the Giants. They're not going to travel to New York. They're going to travel to East Rutherford, New Jersey. Yeah, that, that, that was my joke, but thank you. All right. <laughs> Leave that in as punishment to yourself. <laughs> All right, Jersey Team A against Jersey Team B, is, uh, as Greg Easterbrook used to say. I mean, he might still say it. I just haven't read his column in like 10 years. No, he's out. I he's think not. he got fired. Yeah, he got fired. Oh, okay. Again? Did he say something about the Jews? Yeah. No, he was, <laughs> yeah, was terrible. I think no, it was too long and terrible. The New York Derby, what happens? Uh, I think they'll be the Giants. I think the Giants' defense is horrible. They'll, they'll keep the Jets in the game. I don't think, I don't think the Giants are going to be as impressive on offense as they were Last year, I think that teams are going to catch up a little bit to what they were doing. Um, again, Odell Beckham might be good. Never won a big game in his life. I, I, don't, I just don't think they're going anywhere with Beckham as their wide receiver until I see in a big game. And, and as we said, Eli's much better on the road than at home. So, you know, if this game was at the Jets, maybe he'd play better. But Yeah, last time they played, it was at the Jets, and that's when they had that uh, that 99-yard touchdown touchdown to Cruz. On Christmas Eve, yeah. I heard about it. It was Uh, on Chavez. Obviously, I didn't see the game. (laughs) Yeah, I I just can't can't bring myself to – we haven't beaten the Giants since, I think, the very early 90s. I think about 93. I think Brad Baxter scored a touchdown in that game. Yeah. So maybe maybe he'll score again in this game. (laughs) Um, I think (laughs) – Harold, you're the deciding vote. Do they get to 6-6? and I think – Yes, they do get to six and six. I think oh, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. will be shut down by Revis, and I'm not afraid of the Giants' running game. And I think the Jets will have just enough to beat the Giants. All right, and then they get a third game in a row in that same stadium, uh, and this is a chance to go above 500 in December against the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee is interesting because uh, everything I've been reading about Mariota over the you know 
It's obviously only the preseason, but uh. They <laughs> so six and six, they're winning that one according to Harold Akiva. Of, is that a win? Yeah, I'll yeah. Take, we'll take we'll take a win there. I think. Uh, yeah, I, think, I don't think the Times are going to be very good. And, and that's a truth, bad team. The truth is that that's a must win because the last three games are very tough. First of all, you go to Dallas to play the Cowboys Saturday night football. Ooh, that's enough NFL Network game. Yeah, that's the second one on NFL Network. That that's uh, it's kind of weird. It's my analysis. Kind of weird. <laughs> well, they threw in a couple Saturday games this year, which is that it's kind of a delight. Like you love the Saturday night game. Well, not, not for those of us who are Sabbath conservative. Uh, and hold uh, 36 hours. It's a night. I mean, it's 825. It'll be 35 to 3. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be telling you this. Rabbeinu yeah. Tom will not be watching that. that <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what kind of audience we're trying to get. How much of that yeah. do we leave in? That's a high-class problem. If one person doesn't get that joke, I'll be happy. <laughs> Thousands of people Googling Rabbeinu Tom. Yeah. Ooh, who's that? Is that a defensive back or something? All right. The Jets have never beaten the Bain of Tom. All right. Okay. So, uh, so Ob says they're losing 35 to 3. Harold, Akiva. They're, they're um, losing that game. Right. I think someone else said that, but, but I'll, but I'll right. jump on board with the loss. Right. I'll, we'll I'll save you some time and tell you that I think they're going to lose the last three. Okay. Yeah. You want to save them some time also, Harold? I agree. <laughs> I think they win one of the three, but right, I, I so. don't know. I, I think they beat the Patriots somehow in that, in that week 16 matchup. Okay. So 7 and 7. They play the Patriots in week 16. That's a loss according to two of you, seven and eight. And then can they equalize week 17 at Buffalo? They're out of the playoffs by this point. Buffalo may be fighting for something, maybe not. No. That's a loss you all think. They really have no quarterback also, the Bills. Like, they'll be happy to be six and nine, seven and eight also. All right. So, so you guys agree. Well, Harold doesn't, but, but the consensus is that the Jets are going to go seven and nine. I think I had them at like eleven and five. Yeah, that's really <laughs> enough. <laughs> Wait, what are those five games they're losing, Harold? Where, where did you come up with those? <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that to me that's about right. I think they'll probably be somewhere in the six to eight range, assuming that they, you know, play the way they're supposed to play. I think that's what what I expect. And you know, with the Gino plays a little bit better than expected, things are a little bit better. I think that they then they could be in contention for a wild card. I don't think the division is a pipe dream. So the thing is, you've all talked about how Gino's really a boomer bust kind of guy. If the team goes seven and nine, it probably doesn't mean that he was either phenomenal or terrible. So as long as we're making predictions for the next four months, let's make predictions for twelve months from now. Is Gino Smith the starting quarterback of this team this time next year? No, no. I don't think so. No. Akiva. Uh, no, I, 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 Gino's gonna have a really tough time coming out of this year. We're giving him another chance, but he's really gonna have to amp it up like two levels, realistically. The problem is if we go seven and nine, we're kind of stuck with the, you know, yeah, with you're not getting a top average. draft pick. You're not get, you know, which, whichever quarterbacks yeah. are gonna go at the top of the draft, they're not going to New York. By the way, I, yeah. I'm an advocate of, I, mean, I, I said this at the time, uh, who knows if the Colts would accept. I would have traded ten first round picks for Andrew Luck. Why not? Would you, would you, you have able, nothing see, without him. So would you, you, have, would you have traded 10 first-round picks for RG3? Probably. <laughs> he was better than Luck. He's rookie year. Yeah. This is why Akiva's not the general manager of an NFL team. Only, I, first of all, it's the only reason, though. Yeah. Would the Colts do that? Really bad would the Colts do that? <laughs> would the Colts have done that? I don't know. Ask, the, ask who, who do you have, Jacob Lewin? Uh, they traded uh, one podcast? first round pick for Trent Richardson. Jacob, you know? <laughs> Jacob Lewin will be on our podcast. There you go. <laughs> He's the only Jewish Colts fan. This podcast isn't restricted to Jews. Uh, yeah, obviously not. I think you guys are the first <laughs> tribes members on the uh, on the show. We really. Uh, oh really? You really? Really, really gone time. through you know the whole United States of America for this show. 
the amount of editing I'm going to have to do to this episode to make it somewhat organized and also under two hours, it's going to be a lot of work. This is like the this is like the uh, Harris Whittle's uh, Scott Ackerman Fish podcast. So and we're, right. we're in, and we're two hours in and right, we haven't so, talked about fish yet. So so two of us are uh, on all kinds of drugs and uh, and one of us will be dead within six months. Is that what you're saying? Oh boy, too uh, soon. Yeah. Too soon. Too soon. Sorry. Not soon enough. <laughs> Why do you take an hour? Why do you take an hour to make that joke? Oh, I'd like to get something death related off my off my chest that's been bothering me for about ten years. Everyone always makes fun of those videos where from the draft where the Jets fans all boo the pick. But the reason why that happens is because the draft is always in New York. Right. Every also, team, the picks. Also, the what, picks were terrible. But what, yeah. Like, but every guy saying like picks. pick Dan Marino and you pick Ken O'Brien, like you have no recourse. Or like pick Warren Sapp. No, everyone has everyone has those picks, but there's just there's hundreds of Jets fans there because it's in New York. If the draft was in New Orleans, there would be. It's true. It's actually a shot at the Giants fans. Like their fans don't care enough to come to the draft, or else they. That's right. Too. That's right. Giants fans are the worst. No, well, well, Giants fans will tell you they don't need to. They win championships. They're much better than the draft. The Jets they only win championships. The draft. draft though. Yeah, the Jets win in, in uh, February, or whenever the free agency in the draft is. April? April. Jets win in April. Where's uh, the Super Bowl this year? Uh, San Francisco. Uh, Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California. Oh, so are we just going to go together to watch to watch the Jets-Seahawks game? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. If, you're coming from where? All right, sorry. You, you live off the grid. <laughs> By the way, I have to confess, I, I always mix up Ken O'Brien and Ken Anderson. Uh, you know, right, right. yeah, different people, different yeah. people. Yeah, yeah he's a, he made the Super Bowl. He Ken O'Brien uh, didn't. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, he's the best quarterback not to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, not including recent guys, you know, like you know, yeah. Well, don't be an idiot. Warner and McNabb. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron James. Brett Favre is not in the Hall of Fame. No, no, but my point is, I don't think Donovan McNabb is in the Hall of Fame. Actually. Yeah, McNabb is. I think in the if you remember the the thing I wrote like eight years ago, the hundred greatest quarterbacks. I think McNabb and Anderson were like the two best. That argument was in there. Yo, if you, um, update, also, if you haven't updated your quarterback rankings in eight years, you've got to get on that. Warning. Hot take approaching. Yeah, I think Peyton Manning will make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, that's uh, a hot take. Yeah, Put that in. the hot take for that. Um, okay, so, so so there you have it. We have some reasonably optimistic, but by the standards of this podcast thus far, I'd say uh, realistic as well, Jets fans. Harold uh, notwithstanding, uh, Ovid, <laughs> Ovid Akiva collectively have decided the Jets are going to go 7-9, which is definitely an improvement. Uh, but a realistic one at that. Uh, Av and Harold, thank you so much for joining us today. Av, you're on Twitter at A. Sinensky, is that correct? Yes. And Harold's on Twitter at H. Rosengarden, and that's Garden with a T, of course. Of course. I'm Wait, how people are, people are allowed to know your real name now? Yeah, I'm not a prosecutor anymore. It's all good. Ooh, exciting. Yes, you certainly were not very prosecutorial. Uh, I don't know what I was going to say. You have to leave in all your bad jokes. That's the rule. Ain kategor nases sanegor. But hold on a second. That was a check swing. I'm going to the third base hump. I did not leave it in. Did they take the check swings out of the telecast? I pulled back. I pulled back before the bad joke crossed. Like you know. No, no, no. You're punished just for thinking that. Oh God. I knew there was something there. I, just I don't think you have to edit anything out here except for like <laughs> like a minute in the middle. Like Except maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Call you a writer, but we don't know what else. <laughs> <laughs> Call yeah, and can't tell you not Sestan Degor stays in for sure. Yeah. All right. So once again, uh, Av and Harold, thank you so much for joining us. Our pleasure. 32 fans I, in 32 days. Thank you for days. having us. You're welcome. 32 fans in 32 days. <laughs> Alex Chester and Akiva Wieneker, we will be back tomorrow with the 23rd ranked Chicago Bears. The Bears are ahead of the Jets. <laughs>
Actually, I had the Jets ahead of the Bears, just for the record. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, the Bears have a good coach. Uh, but yeah, they kind of do seem like they're falling apart, that franchise. Yeah. They're like one year ahead of the Niners on the schedule. All right, Akiva. Let's save something for tomorrow. Have a good night.